This is the Green Street News, the weekly environmental health show and podcast, Patty and Doug Wood and our network of experts. Welcome back. This week being the last week of the year, we thought we'd take a look back at some of the most important environmental stories of the year. And almost inevitably, when it's an environmental story, it's also an environmental health story. I'm sorry to say it wasn't a great year for the environment or for our health, but we've got hope that public awareness about the links between the health of our planet and our own individual health may be increasing. It's why we do this show, and we're very grateful for the opportunity to bring Green Street News to you every week. So here we go with the countdown of the 10 most important environmental stories of 2022. Okay, number 10, EDCs and the future of the human race. So a lot of people don't know what EDCs are, but they are endocrine disrupting chemicals. Over the past four decades, sperm levels among men in Western countries have dropped by more than 50%. Both lifestyle and chemical exposures are affecting fertility, sexual development, potentially including the increase in gender fluidity and general health as a species. We had on our show Shanna Swan, who is the author of a new book about this. 1% per year doesn't sound like much. 1%, who cares? If you think about 1% per year over 50 years, that's cutting sperm count in half, which is what we saw. It went from 99 in 1973 to 47 in 2011, right? That's 39 years, a drop of 52%. So the future of the human race is in question. Well, certainly Dr. Swan thinks so. And she is probably one of the world's leading experts on this issue. Yeah. And I think that there are a lot of other researchers who are beginning to get very interested in this issue. I mean, the facts are facts. Yeah. Right? Facts are facts. Scary, actually, you know, that these tiny little bits of chemicals can have such a profound impact on well, the entire human yeah, race. Yeah, and, and what's interesting about endocrine disrupting chemicals as opposed to other chemical exposures that are harming our health is that very small amounts, infinitesimal mm. amounts of these chemicals can cause damage to the endocrine system. And that's because the endocrine system is so delicately balanced and it just little tiny influences can have a huge impact. Yeah. Okay. Number nine, federal dysfunction. Okay. So let's first talk about the EPA okay. because they have been under the gun and rightly so for not doing the regulation that they're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. But especially on PFAS, PFAS is becoming you know, a dinner table word, dinner yeah. table conversation. It's true. And, you know, PFAS stands for per and polyfluoroalkyl substances. And these are substances that make things nonstick, that are grease and water and stain resistant, etc. And they are just used in so many consumer products. It's amazing the exposure levels. So EPA is really on the ball here. I understand they're regulating Four. Four of the of the PFAS chemicals out of more than about 12,000. You know, some of the experts say there's 6,000, some say there's 12,000, and that's a big difference. That's twice as many. Yeah. But yeah. Um, it's, uh, it, it certainly is a class of chemicals that is on everybody's mind because it has now contaminated our water supply 
in pretty significant levels and we're finding it all over the planet. So it doesn't it, go away. That's the other thing about these chemicals. Yeah. They are also called forever chemicals. So it's not just the EPA, the FDA is falling down on the job. In, oh, please. Uh, uh, all, all about food safety. We're going to have an upcoming show about that on Green Street News about how the, the FDA has just completely dropped the ball on food safety. Right. They, it's just, you know, they're doing whatever the industries want and nothing to protect consumers. It's really, right. it's wild. And then the FCC on wireless mm -hmm. on or RF radiation. Uh, and that is also a huge issue just because, you know, it used to be those big cell antennas that were along the highway or stuck on top of a, a water tower in some remote area of a community. Not so anymore. These antennas are just sprouting up in neighborhoods just a few feet from people's homes and apartments, especially when you're looking at these, these new antennas in New York City, for instance. Literally, they're just a couple feet from, from people's bedroom windows. Well, and anybody with a smart meter has an antenna, literally has an antenna attached to their house. That's right. So these are really important things, and it's, that's the FCC, but the FCC keeps pointing to the FDA. So, you know, we're getting our information from the FDA and the FDA says it's fine. So we're gonna make this regulation here over at the FCC based on what the FDA is telling us. The EPA, the FDA, and the FCC all using taxpayer money to protect the industries they're supposed to regulate. Number eight, toxic turf. We're talking about these synthetic turf fields that have PFAS and other chemicals in them from old ground up tires. These are filled with carcinogens and other toxic chemicals, but PFAS in synthetic turf should sound the alarm bells for all municipalities with these fields. Not only are you being exposed by touching it and, and breathing, you know, in little particles that contain PFAS, um, but it's also running off into surface waters and of course groundwater, which is our public drinking water supply. So it's actually just another source of PFAS for con water contamination, but it really is toxic. I mean, you have professional sports players all over the world saying, we don't want to play yeah. on this turf. Yeah. The injuries are more are more frequent. They're, they're harder to recover from the heat that is generated by these black tires that is used for the infill is incredible. And of course, it's getting hotter and hotter because of global warming. And then of course, you mentioned all those chemicals and 40% of these tires is made up of carbon black. Yeah. Okay, and it's really toxic. It's a known carcinogen. It's just tough stuff. But Amy Griffin, who is a soccer coach and was a former World Cup player, has some very interesting statistics to talk about. Remember how we used to see tires on docks, tire swings, tires on playgrounds? They've all been removed because they're toxic. So they've all been removed, but now we are going to break them up into millions of pieces. So the surface area of these tires is exponentially much larger, and the pieces after you run on them get much smaller to the point where they're dust. You're not allowed to bury them because it's too dangerous to our environment. You're not allowed to burn them. It's too dangerous for our envi environment, but we can let kids play on them. Some of her players were coming down with blood cancers. A lot of the goalies. A lot right? of the goalies because they got a lot of that yeah. dust the into their lungs. The girls were diving in it. Yep. Interesting. Yep. Yeah, that was a really great show we yep. had with Amy yep. Griffin. Number seven, blue light and glow kids. 
A research study found that evening light exposure suppressed melatonin twice as much in children compared to adults. And this is because you are actually making it seem to your body, especially your brain, that it is daylight when you're using a computer or a cell phone or whatever that whatever has a screen that is emitting that blue-white light. It seems so um, obvious that your body knows what time it is by what's coming through your eyes. That's of right? course, but so that's always been that way. If you, I, I know, but We're, still, you don't think I mean, about we it. We may be moving forward with technology, but our bodies, our body's biology is totally tuned into the natural sequences that that's happen right. every day on this planet, which is that it's dark at night and it's light during the day. The sun comes up, the sun goes down, hello. All the technology in the world can't change our response to that. We have had quite a few shows with some experts on this. The other thing about blue light and glow kids um, is the uncomfortable truth about children's addiction to technology. Yeah. Nick Carderis is the author of the best-selling book, Glow Kids. We had him on our show a while ago. It was kind of scary what he said, but I think something every parent needs to be aware of. Currently, we're going through a mental health crisis. There's a mental health epidemic that's happening nationally. We have the highest depression rates, the highest suicide rates, the highest anxiety rates, the highest overdose rates, the highest ADHD rates uh, since we've been measuring any of those things. And so by any metric, we're undergoing a seismic shift in our mental health. We're not a very mentally well society. And the dots that I've connected and other researchers have connected is what's changed over the last 10 to 20 years to make us so depressed, anxious, alone, suicidal, uh, attentionally challenged with ADHD impacts. And what's happened has been this atomic bomb of screen time has shifted our culture. That was Let's, a great show with Nick. He was really, yeah. he's so eloquent about right. how our kids are just being right. sucked into this. So Dr. Nick Carderas, along with others, I mean, Dr. Katherine Steiner Adair is mm -hmm. also focused on the psychological impact of just being addicted to these screens and what it's actually doing to children, relationships, families, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, adults really need to be aware about their children's exposure yeah. to screens. Yeah. I mean, even the most responsible parents fall victim because it is so addictive and so hard to take your kids away from it. You know, you have well, behavioral problems and, you know. Parents are addicted too. Well, thank <laughs> you, know. you. And that's also a uh, part of the conversation, yeah. yes. Okay. Number six, cryptocurrency, specifically Bitcoin. So we had a really great show with Tony and Graffia about Bitcoin, which uses unbelievable amounts of energy to do its calculations. So the estimates of the electricity consumption of cryptocurrency mining just in the United States show that the industry was responsible for 27.4 million tons of carbon dioxide in the year. 27.4 million tons to be able to do the calculations so that people that are involved in Bitcoin can make money. I mean, that's, that's three times as much as emitted by the largest coal plant in the United States. Right. And nobody knows about that. 
I mean, this is just all they know is they hear about Bitcoin and this is a new currency that people are using. Oh, cool. And isn't it cool? And technology is fantastic. But Dr. Tony Ingrafia, who you mentioned from Cornell University, who's a, an energy expert, is talking about the unbelievable consumption of energy. The process of what is called cryptocurrency mining currently requires very, very, very large amount of computing as with computers, as with special purpose supercomputers. And unlike the computer on your desk or your iPhone, which uses very little electricity, when you gang together, collect thousands or tens of thousands of these special purpose high performance supercomputers, they draw an enormous amount of electricity. And just as importantly, they create a lot of heat and therefore, the rooms in which these thousands of supercomputing modules reside have to be air-conditioned. Cornell professor Tony Ingrafia talking about the insatiable appetite of cryptocurrency mining for power. And not just consumption of energy, but they're, you know, they're using shuttered power plants, old mm -hmm. shuttered coal plants, yep. and they're turning them into gas-powered plants. And of course, that involves water and, you know, wastewater, and they pull water out of, you know, of, of a lake upstate, and then they put it back in as wastewater at these incredibly high temperatures. It impacts the, you know, the aquatic organisms. It goes on and on. An environmental disaster. Don't get involved in Bitcoin. Right. Number five, COP27, loss and damage fund, but no agreement on fossil fuels. Yeah, I remember. This is a disaster. Yeah, I actually wrote an article. It was called Cop Out 27. <laughs> yeah, I write, I write a column for the local paper because uh, it was a really important thing to, to talk about how we're just really failing on a global basis to address climate change. It's interesting. COP27 means it was the 27th meeting. meeting. Mm -hmm. And what kind of progress have we made? I mean, really, it's been it's been these tiny little baby right. steps. So after 27 meetings of the UN Conference of the Parties, which is what where COP, COP comes yeah. from, yeah. okay, nothing significant has happened. And we're nothing still significant. And we're still fracking for oil and for gas, gas for mm -hmm. gas. Mm -hmm. And we had that great show with Justin Noble talking about the radioactivity that comes up when you're fracking, whether you like it or not. The one thing we do know is radioactivity has never been regulated as a hazardous air pollutant. Uh, and this is certainly significant. So the industry certainly recognized around the same time in the 1980s that they produced, for example, a lot of radon. Radon is a radioactive gas. At one time, the EPA was considering regulating radon. Uh, it would be regulated under the Clean Air Act as a hazardous air pollutant. If that happened, if that had happened, all sorts of restrictions would be put in place on oil and gas production because they're, ra they're bringing radon up all over the place. Reporter Justin Noble talking about his article in Rolling Stone about fracking and the radioactive gas and waste that inevitably comes along when you frack for gas. What we, now we ha what we have is we have fossil fuels, which we are extracting from the earth, which we are going to burn for energy, right? Right, to supply but, the, the But the we Bitcoin also industry. have the radioactivity that's coming up with the oil and the gas because that's just naturally in this shale, which is where these fossil fuels are found. And so now, you know, nobody's really talking about any of these things that are 
that are associated yeah. with these actions, well, it's been like so Bitcoin, you know, water pollution, like this radioactive pollution. It's like nobody's talking about that. It's e just everything is connected in yeah. one one way or the other. Everything yeah. is connected. Yeah. But it is interesting that in this particular conference that the oil and gas industry was really well represented, making sure that nothing that was accomplished there would impact their bottom line. Number four, the wireless nightmare. So we've had a, a bunch of shows about this on Green Street News. We've talked about antennas, and we've talked about the fact that Extanet, which is one of these site uh, development companies, lost a big, a big case in the case of Flower Hill out on Long Island. This little village fought against the, uh, the wireless industry and actually won an important case. And the case they won was basically that, you, that the telecom has to establish a lack of service before they can put the antenna up. That's going to be part of the New York City pushback against these gigantic antennas because there's no lack of service. That's right. So what's the justification for putting up these big antennas right outside people's windows. So that was one environmental. The other interesting story that happened this year uh, that we will cover on an upcoming show is the microplastics that are coming off these antennas disguised as trees, as palm trees or right. fir trees. Yeah, so all, mean, that, all that green foliage, quote yeah. unquote, is actually plastic. And because it is, you know, it is out there in the weather, and especially because it's so high, these antennas are so high, they got a lot of wind, they yeah. got a lot of sun, and they just are, are biodegrading. I mean, quickly, right? Yeah. And so that's what's happening. And so then you're finding these piles, piles and piles of plastics, which are turning rapidly into microplastics. And then they're washing into water bodies and then the cycle begins of yeah. contamination. Yeah. Unbelievable. The other big story this year about wireless was the uh, the consumer non-demand for 5G. People go to all this trouble to buy a 5G phone, then they find out it doesn't do anything that their 4G phone didn't do. So people are not particularly thrilled about 5G. Of course, they don't, you know, it's like the emperor's got no clothes. Nobody wants to say anything, but gee whiz, it doesn't make my phone calls faster. It doesn't help me text faster. I can't scroll faster. There's nothing that 5G right. does with a, on a phone that makes it worth the extra cost or the excitement. Well, of course, and this was the reason for all of these new small cell antennas being placed in neighborhoods, you know, 500 feet or 200 feet from each other and it's just not working. Yeah, mm -hmm. not happening for the telecom industry. You're listening to the Green Street News, Patty and Doug Wood, and we're counting down the top 10 environmental issues of 2022 and reliving some of the interviews we've had with experts from around the world. Okay, number three, plastic pollution. We mentioned oh it just, just before. Yeah. But some materials can be effectively recycled and safely made from recycled content, but plastics cannot. You can't recycle Let's, plastic. That's just correct. It can't be done. It just, it doesn't work and it will never work. The United States in 2021 had a dismal recycling rate of about 5% for post-consumer plastic waste. That was down from 9%. And this came out 
um, from the Department of the Interior, I think, mm -hmm. that gave us this new statistic where less than 5% actually of the plastics that you are putting in your little green or blue or orange recycling bucket, you know, on recycling day, right, are actually getting recycled. We had a great show with Dr. Jenny Davies this year when she was talking about how plastics are made and it's basically a combination of fossil fuels and chemicals. That's, Correct. That's the, that's the recipe. Right. And once those chemicals are in there, you can't get the chemicals out. The chemical industry likes to say the chemicals that there are in these bottles are inert that they don't go anywhere. But I remember Jenny Davies talking about the water bottle study. The water, in the water bottle study, they studied three reusable, popular sports water bottles. So these are the squeezable plastic water bottles. They didn't tell us what brand, they said they were commonly used uh, water bottles, popular brands. And what they did, um, they took the water bottles, filled them with room temperature tap water, let the water sit in the bottles for 24 hours, and had glass bottles as control, did the same. Then they tested the water inside the bottles and they found three over 400 plastic chemicals in the water that had sat in the bottle for 24 hours. Jenny Davies talking about the water bottle study on Green Street News. There's a national organization, Beyond Plastics, which is run by Judith Enk, former EPA head of, uh, of Region 2, which is, includes New York City. And we have actually seen them bring this issue of plastic waste to every state in the, yeah. in the country. They're and they're looking at EPR bills, which are extended producer responsibility bills, which basically says, you made it, you yeah. fix it. Yeah, you deal with it. You deal with it. You made it, you fix it. So everything from finding an alternative to plastic, right? to finding a way to reduce the number of chemicals that are so toxic, or or I don't know. I mean, there, there's yeah. really very, very little they can do. Turn off the tap is you the, basic, the, is the tap. basic message, yeah. right? Stop making the plastic in the first place so right. we don't have to work. You mentioned it the other day, you're a source person. Get rid of it at the source so right. that we don't have to deal with it down the road. Right, but this has become really problematic for us because China, which was the largest importer of our plastic waste, just basically shut shut the tap off and just said, nope, we're not taking anymore. No, not to, they basically they basically just said, that's it, no more. We're shutting the door on on taking your plastic waste. And so now it's just it's just built it's just piling up all over the country, everywhere. And of course the industry wants to burn it. You know, where they want it. There's all kinds of things, you know, gasification and, and, you know, and chemical recycling. They've got all these great terms for it. They're going to get rid of it somehow. It's all toxic. It's all bad for the environment. It's all bad for our health. Number two, PFAS chemicals in our water and in the blood of pretty much everybody on Earth. So we've talked a lot about PFAS. So these are chemicals that have been used to make nonstick cookware, water-repellent clothing, stain-resistant fabrics and carpets, some cosmetics, some firefighting foams. The, the, the chemicals are all over, and there's a lot of them. Um, and we had Kyla Bennett on our show talking about PFAS chemicals and the mess we've gotten into. Going back to our conversation before it's about stopping at the source. Right. And she, you really need to listen to what she has to say. She's got a few incredibly powerful lines. 
We're still learning about all the awful things that PFAS uh, can do to humans and to other wildlife as well, but some of them are increased cholesterol, increased risk of diabetes. They are hormone disruptors. They can reduce fetal growth, risk of childhood obesity, developmental issues, increase in thyroid disease, increase in preeclampsia pre in pregnant women, which is very concerning, and increased cancer risk, particularly testicular cancer and kidney cancer. And now we're starting to see some links with brain cancer. Very, very scary. EPA released its PFAS strategic roadmap under the Biden administration at the end of 2021. There was nothing of substance except for a promise to regulate two PFAS, PFOA and PFOS, in drinking water. The plan relies very heavily on voluntary stewardship and uses what we call the whack-a-mole approach to regulation, regulating one chemical at a time. Now remember, there are thousands. If we keep regulating one at a time, we're talking about thousands of years before we can regulate all of them. Dr. Kyla Bennett from Public Employees for Environmental Responsibility talking about PFAS, our number two environmental problem in 2022. And the number one issue for 2022 is climate change, and with it, severe weather events. Florida, Hurricane Ian made landfall in Southwest Florida on September 28th as a category four hurricane with maximum winds of 150 miles per hour, $1.5 billion in damage. Buffalo, upstate New York, mm. lake effect snow is common. But the frequency and intensity of the storms is increasing as global temperatures warm, the direct result of carbon emissions into the atmosphere. It's all over the news right now because yeah. we had these extremely low temperatures and this extremely high rate of snowfall in Buffalo just, just a, you know, a few weeks ago. And now it's all gonna melt because we're gonna have these really warm temperatures here at the end of the year. And now they're terrified of the effects of flooding. You know, I don't have a number as to what the damage is gonna be, but it's we be... certainly had a loss of life yeah, we did. that was unparalleled. Yeah. Yeah. And this year in parts of Northern California and Oregon and other surrounding states, we've had drought just unprecedented number of days without rainfall. Mm. And on top of that, we've had these unbelievable wildfires, which are just taking out millions of acres of land. Okay, and then that's kind of where we are. Yes, that's where we are at the end of 2022. A long list of issues that need to be resolved, but also a long list of smart, dedicated people who are working on these issues. Many of them have been our guests this year on Green Street News, and we are so grateful to them for sharing their expertise with us. That's going to do it for this edition of Green Street News. If you missed any part of today's program, you can always hear it again at our website, greenstreetnews.org, or wherever you get your podcasts. To close out our show today, here's a little tune called What Are We Doing? Well, there's only one place in the universe where life can bloom and grow. But we're doing our best to screw it up like we got somewhere else to go. Let me tell you the facts you may not like. It's only a matter of time. Till the ice all melts and the water comes up, what we're doing is really a crime. What are we doing? What are we doing? Messing things up in our own backyard. We can do better, we got to do 
that hard. What are we doing? What are we doing? Making a mess, a mess of this place. Come on, people, working together, we can save this place from the human race. Well, plastic's elastic, it's so fantastic, but it never really goes away. It all ends up in the ocean somewhere, and it's all coming back someday. So just you mark my words, my friend, we're gonna have to pay the price. When we're buried in plastic ten feet deep, we're gonna end up paying twice. What are we doing? What are we doing? Messing things up in our own backyard. We can do better, we got to do better. It just can't be that hard. What are we doing? What are we doing? Making a mess, a mess of this place. Come on, people, working together. We can save this place from the human race. So just keep on mining that coal, my friend. Keep burning that fossil fuel. And when it hits 200 degrees outside, you better hope it can keep you cool. Cause our good old earth is burning up as anyone can see. Doing the same things over and over defines insanity. What are we doing? What are we doing? Messing things up in our own backyard. We can do better. We got to do better. It just can't be that hard. What are we doing? What are we doing? Making a mess, a mess of this place. Come on, people, working together. We can save this place from the human race.